Welcome back to another Game of Thrones podcast. It is the first official Game of Thrones podcast since Game of Thrones released its first episode. The hype is no longer hype. Uh, I would say winter is here, but it should have been here for the last two seasons. Um, it is getting snowier, but something special we have today is I promised it on the last Game of Thrones uh, podcast. Uh, I did promise that we'd have T-Hole, but he's not that special anymore. You guys are used to him. But we have our very own amazing... Uh, Great, funny. I don't know how many adjectives I'm supposed to use to describe you, Gray, but I'll I'll just let you welcome yourself. Thank you for being on the show, man. How are you doing? <laughs> oh man, that was good stuff. I hope you recorded all that intro stuff that we just did for the last ten minutes. You got all that, right? I did. I mean, man, you should see me talk about San Diego teams with T Hole. That's like a twenty minute <laughs> intro. <laughs> oh, oh man, that was good stuff. Oh wow! I hope uh, I hope you got all that stuff prior to the, your uh, your intro. You got it right. I even took notes while while doing it, so I could uh, you know reiterate it throughout the show. You know, kind of like as a closing. But you know, having you here is a great thing because I can't have you here for the football podcast because you just sit there with a the big question mark on your forehead. You know, uh, what's going <laughs> yeah, on? like no. why are you? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I'm wearing the uh, the Riddler's leotards on my face. <laughs> but I know I know one guy who's been really that's gonna be, that's gonna be my uh my my Drake line. You you look questioning like you got Riddler's leotards on your face. Everything was... sounds better with Drake. <laughs> but um, one here's, guy here's the baddest rapper from Toronto <laughs> without like... without a doubt. I mean, is there anyone else who's who's better from Toronto? I mean, let me let me see. Maybe um, Jurassic Five. I've always liked Jurassic Five, so yeah, I think they're from uh, BC. Yeah. I don't know, T Hole. You know any guys? Because I haven't even introduced you, so you can uh, go ahead and. Certainly not. Certainly not. I was just enjoying. That's not your thing. No. Uh, I would say uh, there's pro- probably number two from Toronto is the guy who stands outside the Rogers Center and rhymes for money. <laughs> that that would be number two for the rappers from Toronto. Is my right, so that would be my guess. The top five is probably lacking a little bit, but you know it's it's always good to be first on something. But yeah, if, um, right now if I if I moved to Toronto with a rhyming dictionary, I would be number three. They're on that's the actually, rise. Yeah, top three is actually better than top five. So it's definitely you know the, the aspirations are you know you can make that happen. Yeah, um, I I would I will say maybe I could hit top two. There's there's Drake. We uh, we'll get to Game of Thrones in a second. I want to talk about Toronto rappers for for one minute. There's Drake, and then a a five thousand million tie for second place. I'm actually I'm googling this now. And... There's a guy. There's a guy named Tory Lanes. He's kind of hot right now. I think Gray's gonna be a big fan of his. I think Gray. I'll never forget his NWA post. It's still my favorite post he's ever tweeted. He's a definitely, definitely a gifted lyricist, and I would like to uh, see him step into the rap game for sure. Yeah, I, 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 I'm right now. You can't see it, but I'm taking two fingers and I'm pointing it to my heart, and then I'm pointing it towards my Skype and back and forth. That's... You got, you got that. It's a, it's a two finger. Like my heart, I hear you. I hear you. See you. That? Okay. I mean, I'm trying to look up the the Crips and Blood signs, but I'm not. I'm not. That would be no, tough to translate. No, 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 no. It's not a gang song. It's a, like, it could we're, be though. We're like we're simpatico. It's it's one of those like oh yeah yeah the the two finger point to the heart and to and to your man like oh yeah I got you bro I got you. <laughs> I can feel it. 
All right, so Googling Canadian rappers, it's Drake, and then there's Chaos, which I'm a big fan of. But beyond that, it's like... I, I also like, I enjoy Chaos, but not necessarily from a rap standpoint. I just like Chaos in general. Like, I'll walk into a supermarket and tip over a shelf and just like, ah! And then old ladies start screaming, and it's like, ah, Chaos! And I'm like, yeah, I like that. That's my number two rapper from Toronto. But yeah, there's and then there's a guy named Buck sixty five who looks like a Wall Street guy. That 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 doesn't seem uh, Buck sixty five is uh, Buck sixty five. If you were to include all rappers and then line them up, Buck sixty five would be right behind Bubba Sparks. That mm. would that would be the lineup. It would be Drake, then about fifty to sixty rappers, and then Buck sixty five and Bubba Sparks in like a tie. Yeah, so three seems achievable. I mean, even three? with that, that, that gap, you know. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's actually let's say if you were to go from Toronto and you were to drive over to Montreal and start rapping, would you be the number one rapper in Montreal? Does anyone live in Montreal still? <laughs> okay. I'm not sure. I think All there's right, like well, a few okay. hockey fans, right? <laughs> All right, you know what? Montreal is and Montreal's got probably a bunch of uh, French rappers that we don't know about that we're we're now disrespecting. French rappers, and they might uh, they might throw a beret at you. So, what about we go and we drive to Nova Scotia and we start rapping? Would we be the best rapper in Nova Scotia? I mean, I think the population like the population gap is getting smaller. I mean, it's, um, it's like the density. Oh, I I apologize. I didn't I didn't mean I didn't I wasn't looking for an opinion as much as I was hoping you would Google Nova Scotia rappers and then let me know if you found anything. It's it's incredible. You know, funny because this is the only segue I can think of, but you know, I, I'm really bad. <laughs> I'm really bad at Game of Thrones names, so I have like 18 tabs on my on my computer open. So like, adding another tab might shut down. I don't think I'm programmed for that. So that's like, my, what, uh, my that's searching what is limited. From yeah. from now until the end of the podcast, T-Hole and I will try and get you to open another tab and crash your computer. <laughs> right. <laughs> that'll be our goal. All right, all right. I'm done with the Canadian rappers. Go ahead. No, it's fine. It's because Canada has snow, and in Game of Thrones, you know... Uh, oh, my God! Snow! snow. And, How did we right. forget about snow? He's right. amazing! <laughs> oh, here's... Oh, oh, my God! Snow is number two. Wait, okay. So we have Drake, then Snow, and Forma... And then I'm number three with a a, a fifteen thousand person tie for number three. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna open a tab to verify that, so I'm just gonna <laughs> trust you on that one. Um, but yeah, speaking of snow, this is my better segue. Is you know we we start the season off and you know we we immediately uh, get caught up with Jon Snow and where he is right now, which is still on the ground. Um, Ghost was obviously howling all night long. How nobody heard that until morning time, I have no idea. I live in an urban area, and I can hear a dark dog bark two blocks away in the middle of the night. So um, things work differently in this world. I understand that. But, you know, T-Hole and I, we, we have this idea that, you know, Jon Snow is obviously going to survive. Now, Gray, when you and I talked about it on the baseball podcast last year, we, we agreed to that he would come back to life in some manner or form. And I just want to get into it. Like, based on this episode, obviously they didn't show much, but are we still – confident in, in that he's going to somehow revive at some point in the season. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I would guess that's what they're going, uh, where they're going with, with that. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, I would, I would guess it's not a spoiler since they were public about um, the 
billboards. I mean, billboards are public. I don't think you can do a spoiler after you put up a billboard uh, and have Jon Snow in the billboard. <laughs> so I don't right. I, I I mean, I, unless they only did those in L.A. I mean, I think those were nationwide and they might even been um, they might even been in Canada, depending on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe one in Montreal. <laughs> yeah, right, right above the uh, the number one rapper in Montreal, um, MC Beret. Okay, um, yeah, no, I think Jon Snow is going to return at some point. Um, my guess is probably they'll give it an episode or two. Uh, they'll probably give it like maybe half the season or something. I mean, that's a uh, you know, that's a big moment. Maybe they might even give it till the end of the season, uh, even though that feels like really um, drawing it out a little bit. Uh, I I would guess at some point this season, though, Jon Snow is – he does open his eyes. Now, whether that means he becomes a white walker or if he just comes back because of uh, Melisandre. Um, oh, and, oh, and on Melisandre, I just want to say that was like <laughs> – that was like the uh, – you know that – I don't know if you guys are aware, but there's this movie. Uh, I think it's called Take Take This Waltz. Take This Waltz, something like that, with Sarah Silverman, Michelle Williams, and some Asian girl that um, is how most people would describe her that don't know her personally. And then um, they have a shower scene where they're all naked in the shower. Mm. And oh, T. Hall already knows. Did you hear? Yeah, that? yeah, they're <laughs> naked, and then all of a sudden. They cut to these three senior citizen women also naked. <laughs> and you're like, ah, wait, what? And then they cut back to Sarah Silverman, Michelle Williams, and the Asian girl. And you're like, oh, yeah, nice. And then all of a sudden they cut again to the old women. Yeah, and they, I mean. And then all... they're, they're just messing. Like, uh, they're pretty much just messing with people at home who are, um, you know, uh, trying to pleasure themselves. Anyway. That's how I felt with Melisandre, where you're like, oh, nice, Melisandre. Then you're like, oh, God, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, oh. Sometimes, oh. Sometimes I do get the feeling that the writers are trolling us. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely get to that section, and I'm all for equal opportunity um, boobs, you know, try to get a mixture in there. But sometimes, you know, we, we all have our uh, thing. But, you know, T-Hole, going back to what Grace said, you know, about – it drawing out to the end of the show, you and I actually discussed this a little bit that, you know, in true Game of Thrones fashion, uh, they might end up, you know, reviving him like in two years at the at this point in time, if it's any indication of how long it takes Daenerys to get to Westeros. But T.R., are, are you still confident that, that he'll come back alive at some point? I'm fairly confident. I think he's coming back. But yeah, if they can, how can they draw it out to the end of the season? He's going to lie there dead, rotting corpse the whole for a whole season. That seems like, like Grace said, a little stretching it out. A little too far. I don't. I don't believe that's going to be the case. I'm hoping they kind of get to that earlier on. But this is past where the books ended. I have no idea what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm assuming Melisandre, the old hag there, uh, is going to revive him to some extent. Otherwise, yeah. Other or a, I like the White Walker idea also. I mean, that's kind of seems like the only hope at this point. We talked about him maybe taking like since he can uh take over the dog's mind or whatever that that would be possible or the dog shifts into him and brings it back to life i feel like that's kind of out the window so yeah it's, it's gonna i'm very i'm very intrigued yeah you know and i'm still the i still think he'll be revived but even if he isn't i think they're kind of laying down the foundation uh to make us comfortable with it but i i, I think it'd be kind of a cop-out if if they kept him dead just because i i don't think you can lose such a strong character like that and not feel the repercussions um, 
you know, moving on, we, we did get the um, Stralister Thorn um, along, um, uh, you know, kind of convincing his men that he was saving the <laughs> the code by breaking it. It was it was kind of an interesting debate that he was putting forth to his men. Um, you know, I don't I don't think regular people would uh, quite take his side on it, but you know, we're talking about uh, thieves and you know, just people who are not the best type of person who who went to the wall. So so that part, because a lot of people would complain that there's a lot of holes in this. I, I have other complaints about the episode, which is, you know, true of any, like, love-hate relationship. And I, I came away sort of disappointed with a lot of this stuff, but, you know, not much there. We moved immediately to the Boltons. We get updated on Ramsey Bolton, um, mourning um, the sharp hip bone girl. I can't remember her name, so that's just what I'm going to call her. Um, in a rare show Miranda. of sentiment. Yeah, Miranda. Okay, right. And, um, of course, in a rare form of sentimentality, he feeds her body to the dogs because it's fresh meat. That's that's definitely a northern thing, probably. Um, but I do want to get to the Sansa and Theon update. Um, Gray, I, I have to ask you, are, are we going to move forward in this show thinking that hypothermia is, doesn't exist in, in, in this universe? Or is it okay for them to just walk in frozen water and snow and just, you know, sort of, you know, keep on going? Is that is that realistic at all? Do you have any issues with that? I think when you have a show where people come back to life and become wolves, I don't think hypothermia is really <laughs> something that anything's anyone's concerned with. Um, and what about I don't, the best I don't, towns? Uh, I would say of... I would say unless um, you know if a Hodor uh, were to lose one of his mittens, and that mitten were the size of Bram, and then Bram were to put that mitten on his entire body like it were a sleeping bag and to walk around. I would like to see something like that. But other than that, <laughs> I don't think hyperthermia is an issue. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, we'll get to the Snesics later, but, you know, the whole Brahm storyline kind of bores me. But the fact that Hordor is there, it actually makes it enjoyable, kind of like how the Snesics last season was enjoyable because you had the Jamie and um, Bron, uh kind of uh, buddy cop type of uh, thing. But, you know, I, I only uh, slam on you know, the the hypothermia thing, because uh, there was another kind of goofy thing where, you know, the best hounds that um, uh, Ramsey has sent are, are with those soldiers. And then I began to notice about when Brian came in that there were no more hounds. So it's just, I, I don't understand. Sometimes I get the feeling that they're really lazy with the editing, which upsets me. Um, because unlike the meta level, uh, you know, when you think about serial shows like, I'll say Star Trek Next Generation. There's going to be some duds, but you're dealing with like 27 episodes a season or 22 episodes, I forget. But, you know, in Game of Thrones, uh, you're dealing with, I guess, 10 hours of content. And T-Hole, it sounds like you want to jump in. Do you, do you have any issues with – sometimes you get lazy editing, and I'll probably go into this later because I had some issues uh, with more of the show. But do you, do you ever get annoyed at this? Yeah, not so, not so much with this show. But, yeah, the same question. I'm like, where did these hounds go? These were just murderous – beasts that eat human flesh like date nightly basis like i'm confused how they just were ready to kill and then they're just they disappeared i guess brienne of tarth scared them off with her ugly ass mug when she came sliding in there they just bailed out of there i'm feeling like that's the only possibility she came in running in there like brave like mel gibson and braveheart just missing some some blue face paint and we would have had the whole deal but she came in just screaming and chopping and uh, yeah, but the dog thing, yeah, I, I don't know. I just maybe they got spooked because yeah, we never we never saw them. But that was definitely a question I had. 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of fits into the, you know, I keep on mentioning the Sand Snakes because I, I think people can tell now that I'm, I'm really upset with the Dornish storyline still because they continue to hang on to it this season and they've basically, you know, we'll just go and talk about it. I know I'm skipping the Marjorie scene and a little bit of the Cersei-Jamie um, interaction, which are probably the highlights of the show, but we'll go ahead and get the, you know, the negative out first. Now, great, you know, with the with the Dorn thing, and I have a feeling that, you know, you, you're, you know, our relationship is is I assume that you like nuance. I like nuance, you know, and we get along pretty well. Nuance is an interesting thing. It can be taken as different definitions, but I like I like it when things make sense when they're not convoluted. I was actually but... I was actually in honor of uh, Beyonce. I <laughs> I named my dog Nuance. That's actually that's pretty clever. Uh, like, what's the nickname? Usually, when people have nicks, is it like Nui or is it Beyonce? No, it's Nui. Okay, is, and, yeah. and when you yell that, calling for the dog, does anyone give you, like, interesting stares or looks? Because I think then, at that point, you've achieved true dog naming status. Oh, I don't I don't usually uh, yell to the dog because it's mute, so it's kind of pointless. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, and, you know, with, with the Dorn, I just – here's my issue, and I think – you know, first of all, I have the feeling that they can now teleport onto the boat. I quite, I can't quite figure out how they got onto the boat with, um, uh, with Prince Duran's son. I forget his name. Uh, Tio, that was your cue to to interrupt me with the name, but um, I don't, I don't remember the Tristane. And okay, number one, let's talk about Tristane Gray because this is this is the whole nuance thing. Like, I got sort of disappointed because. Let's. He's a prince, correct? And so he's. I would assume that in this world, princes are trained to at least have basic fighting skills. And it looked like he was ready to fight. You know, he assumed that he was in the higher position by saying like, "I don't want to hurt any of you." It could be bravado, but whatever. He's in a room uh, against a sand snake with a whip uh, in an enclosed space, which is silly to begin with. And then a long spear on the other sand snake in an enclosed room, which seems kind of stupid. And not only did he turn his back on one of the enemies, but he left a corner of the room to move to the center and flank himself. Now, does any of this bother you still? Cause I know I'm, <laughs> I keep on asking you, but this, this bothers me. So I'm just, maybe you should talk me down Gray. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, it, it doesn't bother me. I actually didn't, even give it two thoughts prior to this conversation. I just felt like he was, you know, arrogant, um, privileged guy uh, who is born of, uh, you know, is born of royal blood, and he never really trained to fight, and he was uh, an idiot by turning his back to a actual uh, warrior. Warrior is a warrior. Uh, a female warrior is a warrior. Sure, um, we'll make it that. Yeah, yeah. So he turned his back to her, um, thinking that they would fight fair because he wasn't really a very good fighter himself. So that's all I really took from that. I didn't. I didn't really take much else. Yeah, maybe I'm just being a prude. I don't know. T-Hole, am I being am never I being ever <laughs> trust a woman like in in real life or in the show. <laughs> It's just, T-Hole's just reading a fortune cookie he happens right. to. That's, yeah. that's, just, that's just common sense. I mean, you can't. You know, God, God damn it, Lucky <laughs> Chow. You are right again. I'm, put, I'm putting this in my wallet. That's like his uh, his pinned Facebook uh, comment on, on the top of his Facebook, maybe. Um, 
I don't know. I you know, it's just the Sand Snakes acting is terrible. The writing is terrible. Um, I feel kind of gypped about Dorn. Um, I don't think I'm the only one. I don't think this is as bad as you know my nitpicking earlier because Dorn to me is basically a courtyard and Doctor Bashir from Deep Space Nine. That's the only thing I know about Dorn. You know, and they've killed off everything, uh, by the way, which is a great way to um, avenge Oberyn, is to kill off his family line and start a war, a meaningless war with, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, I was about to call it Legolas. Sometimes I get my universes mixed up. And, uh, <laughs> well, you were about to call it Leg- Legoland? Yeah. Was, yeah no, the... Um, <laughs> that's, uh, real, that's real world. <laughs> right. No, <Dang>. I, <laughs> I just... You know, I, I'm just terrible with names. I was about to call it Epcot Center. Yeah, I mean, and I realized I, that is in Florida, and that is not in Game of Thrones. Yeah, sometimes I, you know, I, I just I want to call you Blue. I'm so bad with this stuff. But, um, <laughs> um, but look, the Dorn storyline. I just, I think, what are ways that they can improve the Dorn storyline? Do you think, Ray? Is it just keep them topless all the time, the Sand Snakes? I mean, what what do we do with this storyline? Um, is someone running water? <laughs> are we are we now by the river? What is going on? It's probably T Hole. He always makes weird noises in the background. T Hole's so. taking a whiz in the middle yeah. of the uh, pod. I don't know what to do with it, so I just let him do his thing and his you know on his mic when when I'm talking. So Pro- props to T Hole for the the size of that stream, huh? Wow! You hear that power? I know you. I know you. <laughs> I know you're wondering. What's Damn, you're like a you're like a river in Dorn, <laughs> which you've never seen before, by the way. Uh. Um, yeah, I don't honestly, I don't really. Dorn is one of my uh, least favorite aspects of Game of Thrones, so it's a little odd that we're focusing so much attention on on that. But I I haven't really thought about Dorn to be completely honest. I don't know. I think it's uh it's a storyline that uh, is now just beginning because of uh, the um, uh, Luther's wife uh, from Luther, Edris Elbow's uh, wife from Luther mm-hmm. killed her brother. And now, you know, the uh, sand snakes or wh- whatever the hell those girls are. Now they're headed back and we're going to see where that story is, um, where it's headed now. I think it's, it's kind of in its infancy for a, uh, for a plot it's just starting so it's hard for me to really critique it i has it gone anywhere for the last year not really but it hasn't really been my main focus either i think uh you know i i think john snow and um which we call the blind girl and and even on a, a bigger point i'm just i'm just i'm now i'm just rambling but Please i'll do. say on yeah. a <laughs> i'll say on a, a larger uh point i'm concerned about game of thrones i will i don't know where i uh where i would put the premiere episode uh versus other premiere episodes uh just um you know just in in the grand scheme of things but i didn't find myself loving it as much and i'm concerned that because there is no more uh books for them to go off of that they're they're treading water a little bit. I'm not totally sure. Like the Melisandre thing, where she's an old lady at the end. I guess that's an interesting, you know, beat for the the final uh, moment. But I don't know really what that means. I don't know if I if I'm supposed to know what it means. I don't know if that necessarily is something that 
it demands meaning as of this point. Maybe we'll learn about it later. But I'm not exactly sure, like, the next episode, like, this was an episode where they're just moving the pieces around the board. And, right. and next episode, I'm not, I don't know necessarily what I'm anticipating, you know? Like, I don't know what I'm going, like, what I'm waiting for for this whole week and where I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see what this is going on or with that. Like, I don't really, as of right now, I don't, I don't know what I'm anticipating, which is an issue um, in the in the grand scheme of things uh, for Game of Thrones, I will, you know, like I said, I I don't remember how I felt after the premiere episode in previous seasons. I I I think I liked them more, but maybe I didn't. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering it, and I'm being hard on the show because I know that the books are over, and I know that the writers are now have to make up shit on their own, uh, and they don't have. You know George R. R. Uh, Tolkien to um, <laughs> to uh, you know uh, to feed them stuff. Speaking of feeding, what do you think it's like for uh, for George R. R. at the typewriter? You think he's uh, constantly getting Cheetos orange off his fingers, or do you think he's like um, I'm not worried about the next book? I I'm fine with just as many books as I've written because I have an un- endless supply of Cheetos. So fuck all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah. I just assume he uses the George Lucas strategy, which is just, you know, pay, you know, get money for doing nothing and then eating baby kittens as for sus- sustenance. <laughs> I, so I, I hope not, because George Lucas, uh, yeah, when he took the long sabbatical, he was he was slightly rusty with uh, the Phantom Menace. I'll, t- I'll <laughs> say that. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, it's like I was kind of like just to speak on a broader sense, I was kind of. Uh, you know, whatever on the premiere episode this past week, and less so, more more so than I expected to be, like because I'm like, you know, all pumped up. It's Game of Thrones uh, premiere, and I was just like, nah, it was okay. I mean, there were some moments I thought, you know, Sansa bowing down. I mean, not Sansa bowing. Uh, Brianna Tarth bowing down to Sansa. That was a nice moment. I got, you know, I got a little. Yeah, it was solid. I mean, that was a moment. It was it was a long time coming. Don't get me wrong, but it was a nice payoff where um, Podrick was uh, he he prompted Sansa, and that was sweet. And I and I th- I felt like that was an earned moment. But then there's other things like the guy, uh, you know, with um, I I mean, there was a lot of stuff like the guys in the house. I don't even know half of these characters' names, but the guys in the at the wall that are are, are locked away, uh, Bravos or Davos or Davos, something yeah, like Sir that. Davos, right? Yeah, Sir Davos. Yeah, Sir Davos. Like where, like that is he's locked away in the house, so or he's locked away at the wall, and they gave him until sundown, which I guess is an honorable thing, but that's a uh, you know you're you're biting. Your narr- your narrative your narrative's time away at that point. I mean, you're you're it's shit or get off the bot uh, get it shit or get off the pot with uh, Davos and uh, the wall. I, I'd like to, I would have liked to have seen something come of that by the end of the episode. I feel like that's kind of like uh, you know you're you're a little bit of a a, a stall tactic. But no, yeah. this was it, it was great what you said because I did want to have a conversation about this because I too kind of felt left wanting not in kind of a selfish way but I I, I expected more and you know T-Hole you've, you've read the books you know it's it's different for me and uh, I think Gray to kind of 
uh, just talk about the show because obviously when you're dealing with such a robust universe, the show will you know leave some stuff out or change storylines to make it a little you know so it flows a little bit better. But I feel like especially in this episode that like what Gray touched on, I feel a little gypped, and I was just wondering. For you as a book reader, like, do, do does anything Grace said touch on it? Are you even more disappointed, or how do you feel about that episode? I'm not really disappointed. I mean, I'm just a bit, I'm just such a fan that I could watch it like this, like all day long. I could keep why I would keep watching it forever, even if it was just like this. But yeah, it was a little disappointing. You want to see a little bit more something kind of major happen, kind of right away. I like when seasons kind of start off with a bang like that. But, uh, yeah, some kind of conclusion to the snow thing early would be kind of cool. Obviously, we kind of knew they weren't going to do that. I think one of Gray's former colleagues or some guy he used to work with maybe is a writer for Game of Thrones. Maybe he can contact him. Maybe he can ask him what's going on. Maybe he can get a job as a contributor to the show because I'd like to see Gray's touch on Game of Thrones. I feel like that would be very interesting. I would, okay. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely – I would – First of all, I would go back to, you know, the uh, Hodor's uh, a seven foot high mitten. <laughs> well, is I, th- that... I think I think Hodor's mittens would be a, an entire episode. I think uh, <laughs> I think that's something I'd like to explore. Now, I think, you know, there's uh, like compared to um, God, what are some of the uh, what's some of the crap I watch? I, you know, detective I... season two. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Compared to, like, some of the crap I watch, like, uh, i.e., True Detective Season 2, Game of Thrones is awesome. It's, it's unparalleled amazingness. Like, I am, I'm all about it. Or I'm even about it, about it, as they say by Toronto rappers. But I don't, <laughs> but I didn't feel like Game of Thrones standards, um, compared to previous episodes. I didn't, like, I didn't love the episode. I just sort of, I, there's a lot of moments where I was like, ah, I want more. But, you know, I that could be more of a testament to how good Game of Thrones has been in the past. And, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just being, I'm jump I'm jumping the gun a little bit. Did, did you guys know, did you guys notice they tried to throw in a couple more, like, comical lines, like, under the radar? Like, there was, like, a couple times where they tried to make, like, a few, like, jokes, I felt like. I, I did write them down. I'm kind of blanking what they were, but I feel like the writing, maybe they tried to throw in a couple little jokes there, and I was, like, not knowing if I was really feeling that or at uh, all or not. I mean, it seems like most of their humor they try to flow through are the Sand Snakes, and they just... They, like, doing, they did, well, they had the, uh, they were goofing with, um, uh, Khaleesi's, uh, captives. The mm-hmm. captors were goofing around with her, with uh, oh, really? you know, like, oh, I wonder what her color of her pussy is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is a good question. I mean, I that that's I'm sure that's gone through my mind. I know that's definitely gone through T-Hole's mind. Um, purple, <laughs> like <laughs> like Prince. Yeah, which you know could be considered clever foreshadowing with the Malasandre uh, reveal. But you know, let, let's jump into that. That is actually and and, and I, actually what, one last thing. Uh, Kalisa's uh, <laughs> it, it's it's shaved in the form of Prince's symbol, just an honor, <laughs> an, an homage, if you will. Um, <laughs> an, an homage. That was that's number four for the uh, Canadian rappers. Homage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, trying to stick to the theme that we set forth. So yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. So I'm, I, I, I'm sorry, I just got a I got an iCal reminder. I had to take my probiotic. Okay, oh, <laughs> sorry. No, I mean, that, 
I mean, is it a Canadian probiotic? Because then we should we should definitely talk about that. Uh, <laughs> and by probiotic, I mean whiskey. Um, but yeah, jumping into the whole Daenerys Dothraki scene, I thought this was one of the better scenes, um, just because of the banter. Um, like T Hole said, and you mentioned, you know, a little bit of the humor. I, I, you know, it's so. That's the problem sometimes I have. You know, when we're, we're talking the meta conversation is, you know, like you were saying, Gray, there are some great moments in the show and there are some horrible moments. And you wonder why this disconnect happens. And I think it's kind of we have to realize I, I'm not sure if many people are talking about it. It's not like I, I talk about Game of Thrones with everyone. But, you know, like like you said, Gray, we're entering into a stage now where there's no material to go off of. So this is strictly going to be. You know the the Benioff and the Weiss uh, Game of Thrones, and you know um, uh, what's his face, the the uh, Martin. He's just gonna do his own thing. Who knows about books and whatever? But this this is the universe that they're creating, and it seems like they don't. It seems like they do a lot of convoluted stuff. It seems like they do a lot of stuff for shock value, and it's clearly that they're the type of writers who care about ratings, I would say, because I some of the things that you see in the show, you're like, okay, that, that's just a rating grab, you know, uh, kind of like, you know, in our in our business, if we just label every post with Mike Trout and Bryce Harper, you know, it's kind of like hunting for those, uh, for that uh, group. But, you know, in, in this scene, apparently Cal Drogo, you know, talking about the show specifically or the universe, uh, he, he still has a lot of name value, but once again... Uh, they they found a way to keep her from going to Restoros, and this is this has been like an ongoing thing that I've always made fun about all the way back to you know season one is when when will she get to Westeros? And I I don't think she will ever. Obviously, she has the new thing where she's now come full circle. Um, T Hole and I made fun of this last a uh, couple weeks ago, but I wanted to get your take, Gray. At, at what point do you become tired? at the fact that she's never going to move forward. She's always going to move... Like, she takes one step forward and three steps back, uh, her plot line. Do you, do you ever get kind of frustrated, or is it something that's still engaging to you? Uh, I think at this point you have to consider it a shaggy dog story. I, it's just, like, it's just rambling along, and there's no real... Um, like, it's just it's so many... Like, um, let's see, they talk, like, the uh, the Joseph Campbell hero's journey, you know, at, at she's gone on about 18 hero's journeys at this point. I mean, it's just like, you got to get her to her final destination at some point, I would think. But with that said, I don't mind, I like her, uh, I like her specifics. Like, I've liked, for the last couple seasons, like, yes, she hasn't really gone um, to where, you know, she hasn't really made the strongest of efforts to go to Westeros, but in its specifics, I like the, the whole stuff like last year with the dragons coming in and her at the, um, you know, at the gladiator, uh, arena and the slaves rebelling or whatever, you know, all that stuff. And, I, you know, I mean, I, I'll give it uh, the benefit of the doubt for where it's headed this year. It looks like it's going to be another situation where um, the guy who's turning into stone. What's his name again? Uh, Lord Friendzone is what yeah, Teal and yeah. I call him. Yeah, uh, Jorah. Okay, Jorah. yeah, yeah the, yeah, the guy who's in the Friendzone. Okay. Yeah, Jorah um, Mormont. Uh, Jorah oh, yeah, Jorah, yeah. Jorah Friendzone. So, <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, like, it looks like it's going to be him. And her uh, ex uh, boyfriend going to 
sounds like ex-boyfriend. I don't know what the hell his name is either. But you know who I'm talking about. Jura, yeah. Jura zone and the guy he's with, they're going to be looking for her the whole season. And she's going to be probably locked away with the rest of the, uh, you know, old uh, maids uh, from uh, previous uh, Dragos or whatever, previous calls. And I could see her then falling for a a new like captor and and or using him uh for something where they then join up forces and go back and now her army's even bigger and now she has all the calls and it's just like it's just a never ending uh, shaggy dog story with her it's all the boats uh, just got all the boats just got burnt down what does that mean what does that leave us can we here now are we stuck no way to get over there yeah, let me ask you about that, T-Hole. Like, the, the boats were put on fire. I mean, they, you know, Marine, like Grace said, Marine was really interesting to me last season. It, it involved, you know, political maneuvering, you know, a lot of good dialogue, a lot of, you know, fun stuff, like with Jorah trying to fight his way into the pit, and, you know, the, the idea of, you know, slaves and, and, and whatnot. I was really interested in that, but, you know, again, I'm not too keen on this yet, but, you know, let's let's talk about because Tyrion and Varys are basically now the standard bearers in Marine. They're going to be... Uh, progressing with that story and they didn't spend too much time with it they were just walking the streets uh and then the navy was on fire like you know i, I don't know if i've asked you this before teal but uh, in the books are is any of this familiar in Mar- in marine is are, are we there plot wise or what's going on with this oh, I, I think i think the i think like like gray mentioned you guys like you guys mentioned i think there there's a few parts that happen in the book like i think some of the stuff with uh uh, little girl, the the young girl area. I think some of that still hasn't happened. That's in the books. They haven't fully played that part out. But like mm-hmm. all this other stuff, I think the book ended like just how the season ended, as far as uh the chick is concerned, Daenerys. And uh, yeah, so I have no idea. Just I, I I'm not sure what's gonna happen. They get the writers are just gonna do their own thing. I don't know what Martin is really contributing at this point. I don't know if his how are you gonna write a book afterward? Is he gonna go a whole new direction? Is he gonna like write it based off of this? I'm just confused as to kind of what's happening. But I would I would call I would I would call bullshit if the uh, the next book in the series comes out and the very first chapter is a coming attraction for Silicon Valley. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, like on on a serious note, I don't. I think Martin's done. I I don't think he'll write ever again. I I just don't. Where's the motivation? You know, there's like his story's already being told ahead of him. Like, how could you write? Like, uh, we're all writers. Like, if, if the story's already told that you created, like, why would you? I mean, it's so hard to add on to it because I mean, obviously, he has oversight over what the show does, and so if he sees something he doesn't like, he's like, no, I don't want it. Or if he sees something he likes, he's like, yeah, definitely do it. And then you know, like the Shireen thing last season, I remember reading that he personally uh requested that shireen die and so people are like oh he's gonna put that in his book blah 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 but it's like you don't i mean maybe he's this is just the way he finishes a story i mean i just i wouldn't be motivated to write with that much money honestly Wait, who is who is shireen which one was she uh that was stannis's daughter um who, who oh, got burned at the, oh the, the one the one yeah. with the uh the messed up face oh, right yeah yeah oh yeah that was a good that was good that was also uh, what's the uh, what's the uh, Sansei Sansei <laughs> San, what's uh, what's Sansa's sister's name? Uh, Arya, right? Uh, okay, her. Um, like that's another thing. Like we already have seen her train. I don't want to see her train again, even if now she's training blind. 
Like that feels like a repetitive beat. I I'm not totally psyched to see that again. I, I feel like we've seen it already with her. That feels very repetitive, but right, and you know, I'll, that... I'll give it to I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. But that, like uh, Daenerys, feels uh, also very repetitive. Yeah, the like you said, the Arya storyline feels kind of stagnant. Uh, I was telling T. Hole on the last podcast that, like, honestly, there's there's a Cliff Notes perfect for training assassins, and it's called The Professional with uh, Gene Reno and Natalie Portman. It's a great movie. You know, they should show it. And the way they're training her doesn't make quite quite much sense. It hasn't progressed. Uh, it's still a mystery, like what that whole uh, I don't know what to call it, like a cult or uh, a group of assassins, what, whatever they are. Uh, what did it? It all means. Do you remember? I, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But no, no, you please. Remember, uh, you know, you remember Biff from Back to the Future? Yeah. <laughs> when he was yeah. rich, well, rich Biff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't he remind you of Donald Trump? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, a right? lot of remind me of Donald Trump. Like, there's a rock uh, behind me that annoys me in my landscaping attempts. So that kind of reminds me of Donald <laughs> and Trump. It, and it has yeah. a, a blonde, uh, wispy, <laughs> wispy wig. Well, you know, I'll be honest, like, it really reminded me of when the raccoon was right on top of the rock. So, um, I don't, you know, actually. What? No, 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 no. I, I, I was saying the rich Biff, come on, Donald Trump, rich Biff, right? Yeah, I could, I could. Like, like separate at birth a little bit? Yeah. And let me tell you, Biff is probably one of the best, uh, movie villains ever. I just, I mean, not for being a villain, but just, you know, acting over the top, like perfect. Oh yeah. Oh no. Agreed. And Donald Trump's one of the best presidential candidates of all time too. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, in his, in his own words, of course. Yeah. As, as a lifelong liberal, I'm really rooting (laughs) for him to win. So I think it'll be great for the country because, uh, you know, now that we're going inside, I just I think <laughs> why, it's great for the. Why did Teal? Why did Teal just put on Twitter? Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not training cargo for fucking Tenard. Well, Teal doesn't care. He just cares about making America great again. Oh, make man. America great Teal. again. Teal. Donald <laughs> Trump, build the wall. It's going down. Yeah, and make them pay, um, make them pay for the wall. You know, China's. Yeah, no, I told you. And you know what? I heard uh, this may or not, may not be true, but I heard that if he doesn't get uh, the wall put up along the Mexican-American border, he's going to put a wall around every single person in the United States. Just a little, I mean, a little like a, it's kind of like a cardboard box that you just walk around with, just to make sure you don't touch anyone else. Yeah, I mean, you know, on a side note, I never understood like this wall thing. It's like they've never heard of ladders, but you know, it's just it's just one of those things that annoy them. I I would I would like a wall between Canada and here personally. That makes a lot of sense. I want a wall around Drake. Yeah, this really sucks. Like you guys should have done this before I talked about you know the actual wall in Game of Thrones because I'm always you know I'm always like seeking segues. It's really hard for me. Because I'm trying to go through That's different stuff. That's a good one. Head, that would have like, been a great one. Uh, uh, actually, how- whenever <laughs> uh, Coogs gets really annoyed at me, because whenever we go to a uh, a new town, I'm I'm always seeking segues because I like doing those like tours around. Oh God. I love I love a good segue tour. <laughs> Don't we all? I mean. Oh um, my God! If I, segway tours in San Diego, bar none, best segue tour. There's a great one in in West Seattle. You need to check that out, buddy. Oh right man! Oh, T Hole. Let's do a Segway tour. Razzball, a Razzball sponsored Segway tour <laughs> yes. around the country. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God! We'll get Nick Capozzi to lead it. <laughs> 
Nick Capuzzi will, will, will doll him up like an, a NASCAR driver with his sponsors all over a jacket. Oh can, can you imagine Can you imagine the bling that Nick could get for those segues, too? The Rasball bling, like the, the stickers and everything? Like, you saw him pimp out his van, he right? Like, the, the segues. He still has the van, right? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, totally. He has to have it. It was like $60,000. What's he going to do with it? Just leave it at the side of the road and be like, oh, this is over? Well, if Nick was smart, he'd leave it, leave it on different side of the roads every day. That way it's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's something that even Donald Trump, as, for, as much as he talks nonsense, at least he's the front runner. Ted Cruz just announced his running mate. Does he not realize he's not going to be the nominee? Why would you announce a running mate if you have no chance of being the nominee? Yeah, like, are you, like in what world are you living in that you announce <laughs> like a running That's like I'm announcing my running mate. It's going to be uh, Ralph the Prospector. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, he's not. Me and Prospect Ralph are running together. That's that's it. I think I think it's pretty smart because basically he's gonna be the convention isn't gonna be your usual convention. You know, they're gonna be fighting tooth and nail. So he just wants to like he wants to make the process quicker. You know, because you normally announce. But now we're getting the politics. You know, Ted Ted Cruz's people were like, hey. We we got to sit down and have a one on one, a serious combo right here. All right, Ted. The only way to make you look less scary is to put someone even scarier next to you. Who could yeah. that be? Mm, let's see. Well, there's there's Carly Fiorini, or <laughs> or yeah. there's um the guy who uh, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Um, actually steve buscemi I, i'd be okay with that you know steve, steve buscemi was the runner-up for the running mate it was interesting i actually this is an off note and this this might sound a little weird and i i actually had a dream last night it was because i think i watched fast and furious 7 i was bored one uh the other day and i watched it and i was actually my dream was i was trying to convince uh dwayne johnson to run for president because I thought, you know, he he's everything America wants. You know, he's like kind of ethnic. He's a hero. He's kind of dumb, but always does the right stuff. You know, so I was like telling him this, and he's like, oh yeah, I could do this. And then he gave me, you know, that that rock eye thing that he does. And then he just walked <laughs> off. And I woke up. I'm like, this is this, I'm onto something here. You know, but um, at the end of uh, George R. R. Martin's next book, there's going to be coming attractions <laughs> for Baller. There we go. There's there's. <clears throat> Now we've cycled back to Game of Thrones. Thank you so much, <laughs> Jesus. I don't, I don't know what happens here. But... Segway master. Yeah, I, I do want to end on the Melisandre thing, but really quick, I did want to. Uh, mention... Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on a second. I got Nick Capozzi's on the phone. Hey, Nick, <laughs> I got a Segway tour idea. Are you interested? <laughs> okay. Oh, that was so sad. I thought he was actually gonna be like, "Yeah, man, let's do it." <laughs> You know, I'll do I'll do a GoFundMe. You know, <laughs> GoFundMe. Yeah, that's a, that's for the people who haven't figured out that Kickstarter is really the better way to get right. some money. Even though you're on <laughs> you safe, you already have a strike against you because you you'd have no effing clue as to what website to use. Yeah, <laughs> GoFundMe. How about go fuck yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Well, All be, right, I'm sorry. I lost good, control because, there like, for a second. He would, you know, he, we would get the Segway thing going, and he would videotape it, probably do documentary, and still probably end up calling it Razzball Radio. So, uh... <laughs> I think I think Razzball Radio still has a Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> <laughs> well, call me when it upgrades to Razzball Media because I feel like if you 
If you give five dollars, you get a piece of gum. I donated the, a, right I donated between a the seats, uh, between the seats on Nick's pad. Some, a some piece of gum. Some juicy fruit, but with like a rasball sticker on there, so it's like juicy rasball fruit. Oh like, man! Oh god, this is the best. This is the I, best podcast ever. Okay, go ahead. A, a yeah, because we don't sandwich in a bowl of soup. Yeah, we don't have JB, we don't have JB rules, you know. We 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 don't even stay on topic, so who cares about topics? But yeah, I did I did actually want I did want to talk about well I did want to talk about the other stuff that we just talked about. I'm I'm 100% for that. But for the Cersei and Jamie thing, I did want to mention that this is probably the number one scene that comes to mind that that really makes this episode worth it is um uh, Cersei's acting. Tihon and I love her. I, we actually had a discussion on the last podcast about how she probably fits the character in the book the best. Um, and she's an amazing actress. Obviously, she's been in a lot of stuff. Um, uh, she was in the Terminator TV series, for those who don't know, which she was actually pretty good in. Um, but I don't know why I just mentioned that. Uh, Cersei and Jamie, their relationship obviously is complicated, but and the death of Marcella will, will complicate things further. I was just, you know. It's stuff like this that the writers do right. Like the whole, obviously, it's the actress, you know, milking it for milking the scene. Like, can like we also, I'm sorry, can we also say it's complicated is sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> the uh, it's a great Nancy Myers movie starring Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, go to Redbox and rent it. Thank you for our sponsors. It's complicated. I was hoping Redbox was our sponsor too. Can we? No, no, uh, no. Kill Actually, two birds with one you, stone. Yeah. Red, if, you, uh, if you live um, in a country where there's still blockbusters, then it's complicated by <laughs> Nancy Myers. Now, um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jay. Hey, oh, no, uh, I I will say that's my favorite storyline, the one you're talking about right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad, too, because I think T-Hole is about to introduce RedTube as a sponsor, and I got excited. <laughs> but yeah, I think I saw It's Complicated, the sequel on RedTube. <laughs> it's either that or, you know, T-Hole got bored, and he's typing in RedTube while thinking aloud into his web browser. So It's it's complicated. No, I don't yeah, compulated. It's compulated. It's compulated on RedTube. Yeah. Um, so we have a new sponsor. It's copulated. <laughs> you, know, you know my favorite show right now? Uh, I just finished it last night. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. God damn it, that's funny. Mm. Oh, my so God. Ti- Titus is effing hilarious. I love fucking Titus. Is that, <laughs> the, is that the black dude? Oh, my God. He is so fucking funny. He is. He's my. Uh, I'm making a heart uh, sign with my hands right now. <laughs> I mean, what and a question, T-Hole. Do you think Do you think a white dude would be named Titus in any circumstance? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's gonna. Uh, be. I, don't, I think actually, I think Anthony Hopkins played a character by the name of Titus at one point. That's Shakespeare. Yeah, I think Titus is like a Greek mythical, like legendary name. I think it is a. Yeah. Pre- I think and, it's. And, and there's also the um, oh oh Bosch is a great show too, and the lead is uh, Titus Williver. Okay, fair enough. It's just, all right, all right, take that, J. Wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if I were introducing my friends over the phone, I'm like, yeah, I got Bill, my friend uh, Philip, and then I got Titus. What else? What are you gonna think of? It's like, it's oh, this guy has a black friend, right? I mean, I, or he has a dog that he treats as a human. Being. I actually, I have a black friend by the name of Philip. I'm just saying. Wow. 
it's a social uh, issue. I, I, I'm sorry. I totally <laughs> I I took us off topic. Let's go. Let's start this entire podcast again. Let's Sounds good. Start it from the top. Go yeah. ahead. I want to talk like about Toronto like Raptors. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cersei and Jamie. I mean, I think this, like you said, Gray, it's probably one of my favorite storylines. Uh, just because you know you got the two heavy hitters. Uh, they they always nail it. Uh, every scene, they they just soak everything in. And this scene in particular is. Um, and you know, I always talk about how Jamie has transitioned to the most hated Game of Thrones character to one of the most loved. And I just I love that character arc. And I you know obviously it's the same in the books, but. Um, I did want to theory craft a little bit here, Gray, on on this storyline. Like, do you see, um, do you see this developing into them actually? Uh, I don't know. Like, where do they go from here? I'm thinking that they go to war with Dorne, and that kind of uh, um, turns into like this series uh, kind of ongoing issue. But I mean, are we going to move that quick? Are they going to handle it themselves? Next uh, for them. Why? Well, you know, maybe I'll say. Um, I think that the Dorn stuff is so, uh, peripheral right now that m- maybe, but I-, I think, uh, the number one priority is dealing with, um, how, uh, the religious uh, zealot is taking over, uh, Westeros. I think right. that's, I think that's the number one priority, which I like. I think that's a great, I think that's a, uh, you know, they built him up as a, uh, uh, a villain that you want to you want to see uh, get demolished against a, a you know uh, Cersei who hasn't really been that likable herself, but uh, they've made her more likable by the scene at the end of last season. So you know, with that, I think you know you're gonna have. Uh, I think there's great conflict to be had in in with uh, that storyline. So I'm excited to see where that goes in general. Um, the Dorn thing. I feel like would be a bit of a left turn. I mean, he left, you know, he left with uh, the the dead daughter. At that point, he could have just turned around and been like, "What the fuck? You killed my daughter! I'm going. I'm now. I'm, I'm here for revenge right now." But instead, he he sailed all the way back to Re- Westeros. So now to get in a boat and go all the way back to Dorne seems kind of silly. I don't really know how Dorne is going to get worked into this whole uh, facocta mess, but. I'd like to see Cersei and Jamie go and uh, battle the uh, religious guy. So that's that uh, would be that would be my hope. Oh God, that's what I've been. That's what I'm wondering. Why are they not just? Are they just going to not slaughter these religious? These these what? Are, what is the name for these people? I'm forgetting. But like, how are they not just immediately like? Okay, as soon as she's back in the castle, I'll be like, okay, dude, we're gonna like take every single one of these people that just did this to me and torture them. For hours in public, and then I mean, how are they not all just slaughtered by now by the mountain or the man who used to be the mountain that now can't take his helmet off because we don't know what's underneath? I'm confused how that's not happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I call exactly. them the, I, I, they should be like uh, it's on like Donkey Kong. Well, yeah. look, I mean, I actually I call them the 99, percent but um, I will say, you know, Lena Headley. I don't I don't know if this was uh, I, I I would say that she seems damaged, and so she's waiting for her daughter to come back until she raises the shit, which seems kind of natural. But I was gonna ask you, Tiho, about the mountain, like, you know, TV shows and movies and blah blah. blah they always like to kind of pit. Um, you know, like, let's say the mountain, like, you know, you and I have talked about this, like some, you know, the Klingon bowl, uh, might be a possibility, but the mountain is going to need some kind of avatar, or I don't know if I'm using the word correctly, but he's going to need someone 
who kind of matches him for us to be entertained into who he fights. Like, he he could either do that or just kill everyone, I guess. But who do you think his main, the mountain's main antagonist is going to be? Because they're setting him up to be, like, this huge monster. I mean, obviously the fight with Oberyn was really impressive. But everyone's mm. excited, including me, to see what he's going to do uh, for, for Cersei. And uh, how do you see his plotline going? Obviously he doesn't talk much. But, like, what? who does he go against? Who, does he just kill everyone? Does he go against the main antagonist? Like, what's, what's the deal here? Yeah, we're, we're all hoping that his bro would come back from the dead. We don't know if he's officially dead or not. We kind of want to see Dogface come back. And go to battle with him real quick, or the uh, dog, or whatever. Yeah, we want to see him come back and take his brother on in an epic showdown, uh, and then yeah, and then have him take down the mountain or whatever the case may be. But other than that, he doesn't really have a true arch enemy. Nobody else seems to. Re- I mean, everybody hates him to a degree, but there's nobody that can match this guy. Otherwise, what are they going to do? Just have like the dragon just come in? And rip him in half or something that'd be kind of anticlimactic. I'd like to see a real showdown go down there, and I I, I can't say who it is. I would like Dog to come back. Yeah, I mean, I uh, great. You may not know about this, but you know, like I mentioned, the Klingon Bowl. There's this thing going on the internet where people believe that it'll be him against his brother in some manner form. Like the the 99 percenters will will have recruited him, even though he was injured. We never saw him die, you know, when when escorting Arya, but um. I don't know. Do you do you think that might excite you? It excites me if they, if they were to take on each other, the Hound versus uh, the Mountain. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. I mean, that's uh, uh I mean, hold yourself uh, back I there. Say, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to contain my enthusiasm too much. Um, it's just that's kind of a a small beat in the larger picture. I mean, that would be a fun fight to see, but after before and after that fight. What is really, what's really there? Not, I mean, neither talk, one of them doesn't even have a face. So really, like, where does that go? I, it doesn't really go very far, I don't, I don't think. I mean, that's just one beat um, in a larger story. I think um, I'm really excited to see, like, here's, here's a question that uh, Coogs and I had watching um, the show that maybe you guys know the answer to what happened with Diana Riggs? Where, where was she, where is she and why is she allowing her, her niece to stay, um, tied up? What's, what's, where, where'd she go? I forget. She only Di- who? Um, Diana Riggs was, uh, the, the girl who married the King for power, her aunt. Yeah, Marjorie. Mar- Mar- oh, Marjorie, Marjorie's aunt is Diana yeah, Riggs. Where right. is she? Right. I thought she. I thought she was back in Dorne, but that doesn't really make sense. Maybe she. Maybe she's still in King's Landing. I have no clue. They did. Yeah, they didn't even get to her because I know she was on the move. So I'm not. I thought she maybe came back, tried to knew when her daughter was in there. Or whatever, but I'm not. I'm not sure where she's at. We need to get her in there asap to make a couple more. Pa- I think what happened is like this. So she was there trying to get her daughter out. They wouldn't let her out. So she went to go maybe seek help elsewhere in getting her out. So maybe she's out and about doing that. It's my best guess. Oh, okay. Huh. Oh, I could see. Uh, maybe. Th- maybe she'll um, go to. The sand snakes and get their help, and and then they go in and they defeat the religious people while at the same time going after Cersei. Maybe that'll maybe that'll somehow tie together because well, they let's... really need that. They need to tie Dorne in together. I'm not sure. 
how Dorne's going to get tied in together other than, you know, just being this outlier of a story at this point. Uh, but yeah, huh. having a little fun with this, though, we, we do know that she's worked with uh, Littlefinger before. So something may be happening in the scenes. You know, Littlefinger in the show has has a way of, you know, showing up. You know, timeline-wise, that doesn't make sense, but he's always there to kind of, uh, you know, kind of give us the insight of what's going on, and it seems like he could take advantage of this. Um, but then again, this is a show that sometimes forgets a lot of people, like a lot of storylines. Uh, Teal and I always make fun of the fact that Gendry's still on his rowboat, just rowing away, and you know, maybe she's with him. Um, but it's just sometimes I hope they don't forget. I guess is a big thing, you know, because we, I think, you know, touching on Arya really quick, we did get introduced. Uh, to Max von Sydow, he he made a short appearance. I believe that was him. It looked like him, certainly. So he may be in that area. I wish they showed more of him because he's been great. Um, he honestly looks the same since Judge Dredd. I don't think he's changed his facial features. Like, he's stayed permanently age 70 uh, for some reason. But um, I did want to finish up with the Molisandre. I know we talked about it a little, but it was... I mean, I wouldn't call it the cliffhanger, but like you said, Gray, it was kind of like the peak of the show. Or, I mean, I don't know what to call it. It was just the highlight. It was supposed to be the highlight. And you know, T-Hole, in the book, uh, I researched this, in the book, you, you never know what age she is, but you're supposed to know that she's pretty old. Like, it, she could be anywhere from 100 to 400. I mean, judging from where her boobs were, I'd say 500, but, you know, I'm no expert on, on boobs once they get past the age of 80, so I'll leave that for another conversation. But uh, Melisandre, T-Hole, it looks Ooh. like, you know, she's... She's lost, obviously. You know, her faith in Stannis was not rewarded. Um, she killed a little girl in the name of that, which is, you know, never never fun to deal with. But, you know, I, I always got this sense that with her, she's trying to do what she thinks is right in the large scale of things, which means the small sacrifices. And knowing that she's this old, it, it kind of takes more meaning because I think she's, you know, when you – if you look behind the scene of that, you kind of understand, like, well, she's seen a lot of shit is basically the short way of saying it. So – I was wondering what you thought about, you know, a lot of people will say that, you know, it's the necklace that gives her the power to shapeshift uh, into her younger self. I don't think that's the case just because um, she was taking everything off and transitioning piece by piece uh, through the mirror. So she's seeing her true self. I think it's just something silly. But uh, the nitpicker I am, I'm not going to be bothered by that. But I did want to ask you, like, theory crafting wise, uh, where do you see this going? Now, we, we're expecting her... Uh, a good chance to resurrect John. She's obviously in a different room. As Gray points out, you got a whole bunch of um, guys locked in a room, um, which could, you know, people could overwhelm them at any time. But you know, I guess there's the illusion of honorable, or of honor, of knight's honor going on. We don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they're going to kill him, and I think they know that. But uh, Melisandre is kind of locked in her own room. I, I just, I don't see how she gets to, back to John. Uh, unless it's during a fight, or I don't even know. Like, uh, what what do you see them going with this? Uh, I feel I feel like she's lost right now. She's like a Catholic who just found out that evolution is real, and uh, she's stunned right now. She took a hit. She took a hit. She doesn't know what to do. She's kind of she's she's nervous. She doesn't know her next move. But I feel like she's gonna wake up even stronger, and something is gonna go down. I think she's gonna make some major moves, whether it's bringing back our boy Snow, or doing something else of major importance. I think she's not done yet. She's taking a couple She's taking a couple on the chin here. She's taking a couple in the mouth, and I think she's going to come back even harder. That's just my guess. Yeah, and Gray, we, we talk about you know the resurrection being a possibility, and there are some rumors out there. I, I think it might have some merit, but do you, do you see an instance where she, she's basically trying 
to slowly die to kind of maybe transfer that to John as a last hope? Or do you see her continuing uh, or maybe like revitalizing herself? And then Oh, my God, out? that's it. She's going to put her ruby necklace on John's <laughs> neck. That thing's right. big, man. I would hate and, to wear and that. And John is going to wear the ruby necklace and he's going to come back to life. But he has to keep on the costume jewelry. Otherwise, it won't work. <laughs> I just – I don't – I just don't know how she gets to the other room. Like, it, and then, I, it and then like everyone – and then everyone for uh, next Halloween will be Jon Snow wearing a ruby necklace. <laughs> I will be. Yeah. I mean, and then he's got the sword too that uh, protects him from the White Walkers. So he'll, he'll be blinged out. Um, <laughs> Oh, he, yeah, Valerian Steel. Right, and he, too, can be a Canadian rapper. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, oh, my God, Valerian Steel is the fourth best Canadian rapper. I <laughs> forgot about him. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm actually, I'm interested in the Jon Snow and, like, Cersei, um, both of those storylines. I'm, I'm interested in, in both of them. The other ones, I want to, they're, I mean, at this point, they're not really, I mean, they're just, uh, you know, they're just starting, like I said earlier, uh, you know, Sansa's storyline is kind of just starting with her and Brianna Tarth. They have to go back and defeat the uh, idiot who uh, took off uh, Theon's junk. And um, I don't really know what they're doing with the, the midget and uh, the eunuch over in uh, Mirian. I don't know. I don't know cool. where that storyline is going either. But I do... I do like the Melisandre, uh, Jon Snow stuff. I don't really know. Uh, I'm assuming uh, Davos is going to get out um, at in the next episode or whenever they have to fight, uh, you know, um, the uh, Watchers of the Wall. I, I don't see Davos dying. I, I think that would be a, a mistake by, uh, you know, the showrunners, I think. I think, Davos, mistake, I think I think yeah. I think Davos is the reason why we're interested in the the wall story as of right now because we don't really care about like they got rid of the pudgy guy who had a wildling baby um, and then he went to the library or something. <laughs> I, I, I uh, this is like he went to go read. Yeah, this is like Bill and Ted review Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> Yeah, something like he went. He went to the library. I don't know what happened with Pudgy, but I will say that I like Davos, and I think he's a good character. And Melisandre and Jon Snow, like somehow they're all going to come together and and do their thing. <laughs> I yeah. um, rather than uh, prepare uh, for Game of Thrones, I I misheard you, and I I watched. He got game. So that's what I was. I was always. I was prepared to talk about he got game today, not Game of Thrones. But that's that's fine. Is Ray Allen in Game of Thrones? Do we know? Okay. So he's one of the I White will, Walkers. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I will say that, like the whole Melisandre, that she's old. I don't really know what to make of that, but I do think she is gonna like. She's gonna give uh, Jon Snow the uh, the whirly bird and wake him up. Uh, within a couple episodes, which I'm excited to see. And I'm excited to see Davos uh, work his way out of the jam he's in, even though I really feel like that could have happened in the first episode. It, it feels like a, a silly thing to prolong. I mean, obviously, he's going to get out of the, the room he's in. <laughs> it's like, right, he's so. not going to, he can't stay in that room for three episodes. And, 
<laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Uh... Yeah, I guess. That's true. Who knows, really, when it comes to Game of Thrones installing. I mean, they've had Daenerys stall for six seasons. So yeah. anything is possible. I assume uh, Davos is going to get out of the room at some point in the next episode. Hopefully. Uh, I, I also like to see... I'm, I know you're kind of like whatever, and I don't even know where the story is at this point on Bram, but I'm excited to see what, what is, uh, what he's been up to and where his story is going. I'm assuming we're going to get to that next episode. And also we have, uh, the guys who went to go get the wildlings and, I mean, we, right. still ha- we still have goddamn winter coming at some point. So I think that was Edison, the the mopey guy, um, John's mopey friend. But yeah, you know, like- yeah, the mopey, the mopey guy uh, went off to get wildlings. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm excited to see where uh, things go next uh, episode. I uh, I had some, you know, like I said earlier, I had some parts that were hit or miss for me in the premiere, but I. I still, you know, like it better than 99% of the stuff on TV. Yeah, and this is, um, we are running out of time, which is a lie, because there's no time limit. I'm just getting hungry. So, um, to, to mm. end the episode, it's usually my favorite part. Uh, Tiho and I, uh, I usually go over the synopsis for the next episode, and we try to kind of theory craft on, on what we see next. So I just want to, uh, for the listeners, I'm going to go over, the next episode is called Home, and the description is, uh, Bronn, uh, trains with the Three-Eyed Raven, um, Jamie advises Tommen, uh, Tyrion demands good news, but has to make his own. Uh, that that's a stupid way of saying it. Okay, and the Night's Watch stands behind Thorn, which is pretty obvious. Ramsay Bolton proposes a plan, and Balon Greyjoy entertains other proposals. So really, oh, right. spoiler alert! Hey now, Whoa. um, now T-Hole, I I think there's a quick uh, a quick takeaway. The title alone it says home, mm-hmm. which we as everyone knows is an anagram for Huron, Ontario, Michigan, and Erie. <laughs> So I think it's going to have something to do with uh, four of the five Great Lakes. Right. And also – That's just a quick takeaway. Also backwards it is emo. So that, that's – Quick take. <laughs> let's do let's, – let's Yeah, emo. Uh, let's do uh, quick takes. Emo Great Lakes minus Superior. Right. Um, we only listen can listen to Dashboard Confessionals. So <laughs> – <laughs> um, I did. Um, I did want to ask you, T. Hole. You know, just to touch on this on this next episode. You know, we're we're gonna make kind of calls of what happens next. I think uh, Gray is right on everything uh, to be excited for. But I did want to touch on this now as a, as a book reader. Could you kind of give us like who is this three eyed raven guy? We know Bron has been kind of searching for him. We know we've seen him in visions, and I think it's been a while. But the last we saw was uh, the three eyed raven uh, rescued Bron while they were trying to. Um, I for you know it's such a blur at this point because it's been so long. But could yeah. you kind of let us know what what this is about, like Bronn training with the Three Eyed Raven? Yeah, the, the Three Eyed Raven is just this master spiritual whatever who's going to teach. I'm not sure what the end goal of Bronn Brahms or or Bran is. Bran is his name. Bran's, <laughs> Bran's uh, yeah. what what his uh, end all is, but he's obviously lost his physical abilities. So I think he be he's he ends up becoming some kind of wise, uh, powerful. I don't know if you call him a wizard or what you would call him, but he's going to be some kind of all powerful dude who can take over animals more so than he already does now. Kind of a master of the wild, if you will, a real just uh, Davy Crockett type with uh, superpowers. 
And I feel like it's uh, in the books. It was really not a high point for me, but it's kind of interesting in the show just to kind of get back to that because it's in the same in the books. It's kind of left in the same place. What are we doing here? And then the uh, wild things. Yeah, I was sorry. Maybe we didn't even see them. Maybe the guy, I feel like in the next episode, they come back and right when they're like, they're about to break down the door and kill Davos and all the guys and maybe the giant comes down and just finger blast some of these dudes just out of the way and like the wildlings come in save the day they get out of there maybe that's kind of what i'm guessing goes on but maybe they wait another episode to do that because maybe we're just focusing on all this other shit for this episode i'm not sure there's too many storylines it's too much to get in one episode it's too much guessing yeah i mean and just going over the two other points that stuck out jamie advises tommen i'm assuming that he's just gonna have him grow a pair to go against the high sparrow um, but I did want to talk about Balon Greyjoy's uh, return to the show. No, I, I I actually had to look him up. Um, they cool. almost crashed that's my computer. Part. I had to open sorry up. To interrupt. Those guys are cool. They're in the books way more. There's that. That's a, cool, a part they're leaving out. The, there's some crazy brother Theon's brothers or whatever relatives are some some real badass dudes, and it would have been cool. But that's just another storyline that they felt like they probably couldn't sneak in. So at least they're going to bring it back in in some degree. But that's a pretty major storyline in the books that they left out. And those yeah. guys, pretty. What do you think you think which, they're going to uh, try to recover one? What storylines? Go ahead, Teal. Yeah, could you refresh like, us on the on Greyjoy a little bit? Could you there's just some talk to us about there's it? some there's some characters on the Iron Islands that 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 they get it in pretty heavily that are pretty serious characters in the books that they've kind of totally left out. So I'm okay, not... and so oh, I see. So Theon's uh, family or yeah. and, and yeah. or friends of family? Yeah. Yes. Uh, right. The, the last time we saw them is, you know, they tried to rescue Theon. His sister tried to, and they were scared away by a shirtless Ramsay, a dagger, and a couple wolves. So the, the his, sis- <laughs> his sister was kind of sneaky hot, right? Like, I was kind of yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I think he uh, finger banged her on the uh, horse ride to. I town. think it was just second base. Oh I think it was, my it was god! Why base, did yeah. it, why did you have to get so dirty? Yeah, yeah, well, just, I, was, like, I was thinking that's romantically. Yeah, I was no. romantically that is uh, romantic, fantasizing. <laughs> that is romantic. <laughs> Um, he realized it was his sister. We've, yeah. all, we've all been there. Well, she was actually in the trailer for the season two, so she'll obviously make a return. And she was making out with... Spoiler the, alert! Yeah, yeah, so she she does like the women, which is always a plus. Um, I did want to ask this you... My, this is my favorite trade question so far this year. Would you do Jose Fernandez for Jose Fernandez? <laughs> I'd have to think about it. There's a lot of variables. Uh, I... I'm glad people don't proofread before they ask a question. They're just like, <laughs> whatever. Gray's got all the time in the world to answer these. Let's go. Well, my favorite part is now because apparently the the Rasball code has changed. So when you copy and paste, it has a link to the original. So I love it when people like copy and paste the same question to another person, and then you see where the root of that question came from. Uh-huh. You know, so it's like see uh-huh. some people write like eight questions, copy paste to every writer, and you know. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to listen to one, and it's a guy named after a color. But um... uh huh. Wait, <laughs> what color is Ralph? <laughs> yeah, well, if only you could like forward him all catcher questions, it would solve a lot of issues, <laughs> I think. But um, yeah, I did want to. One last thing, I want to get the over under episodes until we get to see Ian McShane because I'm telling you, I wanted the over under to be one. I wanted to see him right away. I actually, I want him to be mainstay on the cast just because I, ever since Deadwood ended, I have no idea what to do with myself. Um, I even had to watch uh, Kung Fu Panda a bunch of times because, uh, you know, he voices the bad guy just to um, 
apparently no f bombs. But I mean, what, what? I guess um, I'll go to you first, T Hole, like because I think you need to give us some background. Like first of all, uh, we talked about the new additions, you know, Max Vincent and Ian McShane, but Ian McShane's my highlight because I just think he's wonderful. Um, where do you see him fitting in? Uh, do you have any idea of what character he might play? And uh, how soon do you think we should expect him? I'm asking you like you're a producer of the show, but we're just going to have to work with it. You know, on a lot of things... Give like me your insider the, info. I, I have absolutely no clue who he's okay. going to be playing in the show. Oh, <laughs> actually, okay, now I know who he's going to play. He's going to play one of these guys I'm talking about, I'm guessing, one of the guys from the Iron Islands, uh, something Ravenclaw or something badass, one-eyed, blackie or something like that. He's like so basically like a pirate type, I think. Now tell uh, me about that character in the books. Which then. is let's perfect for this guy. Yeah, let's hear what what's this character about? What's his motivations? What's he doing in the book? I forget if they're like nephews to Theon's dad, because I think it's just Theon and the chick are his two children, and then the, so then I think there's a fight for power to take over the Iron Islands, and then there's like two or three brothers or something that are all trying to fight to become the dude, and this guy's got some kind of magic adversary has a power but he's like a legendary like pirate type just badass dude and then his brother's like a priest type of guy but a savage type priest who lives there i don't i mean I, I forget even the name of the character it's been so long since i've read these books and they haven't even put him in the show i'm just gonna guess he's one of those guys though and uh he's a real a real badass dude so i would uh look forward to that if i were you guys all right, all right. Uh, i actually i read I read part of uh, the book uh, where they discuss uh, Theon's sister uh, was really into ironing, so that's where the Iron Islands yes. came from. Yes. And they they had a they had a chain of laundromats. Uh, <laughs> I was maybe I was reading something else. Um, yeah, forget forget any of that. Let's just let's cut that out. It's great. It's like it makes me think of like a Mel Brooks joke. It would just be like people ironing each section of the island, you know, as their everyday job. Uh, they just iron the shit out of it. I had uh, uh, in in a, a related, not really that related, but uh, I was working uh, briefly for David Zucker, uh, the guy who did the uh, Naked Gun movies, mm-hmm. and in his office was a uh, framed picture of the white Bronco signed by OJ. <laughs> Oh god. Uh, it was That's awesome. actually pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it, w- it was oh. actually really awesome. Um, he, he was a he was a good guy. Very very conservative, but a good guy. Uh anyway, so uh, how about we put a little bow on this fucker? Yeah, I'm done. Um <laughs> okay. T-O, are, you, are you good? I'm good. I was just going to ask Gray if he could repost my naked gun uh post from like 5 years ago because Yep. Doing that right now. Just and it's <laughs> yeah. up. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us for the first uh, Game of Thrones podcast. It's been a treat. We've we've actually managed to keep it 50% Game of Thrones. I, I didn't know if we were going to meet that threshold, uh, but I think we have. I probably have to run the statistics <laughs> later. Unfortunately, that's out of 1,000%. <laughs> right. Um, T-Hole, as always, thank you for joining me. Gray, a special thanks for you for showing up. Um, I'd like to have you on the show more, but I don't want to guilt trip you on air, so you know maybe I'll try to entice you later on, but... You know, we say that, you know, a lot of this upsets us. Well, not upsets us, but we there are definitely positive negatives to show. But we'll keep on watching just because I, I think you almost have to at this point. Because if you've been invested in the show, uh, you, you just have to stick with it and see where it goes. So we, we have faith. And, um, uh, yeah, so thanks for stopping by. 
And uh, we look forward to the next episode, and we'll come back next week and follow up with what's going on. You want a good girl, but you need a bad pussy. And who are you, the proud lord said, that I must bow so low? Only a cat of a different coat That's all the truth I know And a coat of gold or a coat of red A lion still has claws And mine are long and sharp, my lord As long and sharp as yours And so he spoke, and so he spoke, that Lord of Castamere. But now the rains weep o'er his heart, with no one there to hear. Yes, now the rains weep o'er his heart, and not a soul to hear. Now the